Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse number 21. Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. And I want to preach to you for a few minutes today on this subject, the God who answers by fire. The God who answers by fire. God bless you. You may be seated. You're getting leftovers today. I planned on preaching this last week, but we got a change at the last minute, so, but I'm still excited about this message, so I can't get away from it, so I'm going to preach it to you today. Now, anybody here ever been frustrated? Do you know that you can be frustrated and still have faith? I'm going to prove it to you. Now, the verse that I just read to you tells us that Elijah, can you hear the way he phrases what he says? If the Lord be God, then serve him. If Baal, then serve him. I'm done fussing with you. I keep telling you the same stuff over and over. One minute you want to serve Baal, one minute you want to serve God. Hey, if you want to serve Baal, then go now. He's frustrated. I've been frustrated lots of times. And you just admitted that you've been frustrated too. I'll give you an example that'll make you laugh. I had a assistant pastor one time and I said to him, today I would like you to put your voice on the voice recorder on the machine so that when people call the church, they hear your voice instead of mine. And he said, oh, no, no, it has to be your voice. You're the senior pastor, you have to record it. I said, but I've asked you to do it. No, 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 let me explain to you why the senior pastor has to be on the voice machine and he proceeded to give me a Bible study on why the senior pastor has to be on the voice machine. Now I'm starting to get frustrated. And then the third time he said, no, it has to be you. I said, all right. And I hit the button that says record, and this is what I said. What do you want? (laughs) Quit calling here. We're busy. Call somebody else. Wham. And the assistant pastor's eyes got. I said, what are you so excited about? Watch this. Delete. And it was deleted. And now for the first time after 20 years, you heard about my frustration over putting a voicemail on a machine. And it felt so good. We all get frustrated. Let's be honest about it. But we can still have faith even when we're frustrated, even when we're frustrated. Now take a look at the next verse. Then Elijah said unto the people, 
I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. Baal's prophets are 450 men. Do you know you can feel like you're lonely? Like you're the only one that's trying to do the right thing. Like you're the only Christian at the place that you work. You're the only Christian in your neighborhood. You feel like you're all alone. I'm the only prophet or prophetess of God left. That's what Elijah said. Now God told him that he was wrong. He said, hold it, Elijah. I've got 2,000 prophets that have not bent their knee to Baal. You can feel lonely and you can still have faith. Still frustrated, alone, but still be a man or a woman of faith. So he proposes the contest. And I'm, I'm, you can read it on your own. Sister Kylie can scroll it if she'd like. But he proposes a contest and he says, here, tell you what. You got 450 guys over here. I stand here by myself. We're gonna settle this issue once and for all. We're gonna let the God who answers by fire be the one true God. And here's how we're gonna do it. Will you guys take one bowl and I'll take one bowl and we'll each build, you know, we'll build this altar here and, um, and, and we'll kill the animal and we'll put him on the altar and then you call out to Baal and Baal, if there is a Baal, he will answer by fire and consume the sacrifice and we'll know that Baal is the one true God. But if he doesn't answer, then I'm gonna call on my God and my God is gonna answer by fire and then you'll know who the one true God is and then serve the one true God, the one who answers by fire. Because that's an impossibility that fire comes out of heaven and consumes a sacrifice unless it be supernatural. And so they accepted that challenge. Because you see, we live in a generation that needs a demonstration of power. We need a demonstration of power. Ultimately, power reinforces truth. If you don't have power, Nobody's gonna listen to you. Watch this. Well, son, I want you to go in there and clean up your room. No. What'd you say? I said, no. I said, get in there and clean up your room. No. Do you want a timeout? What is that? I'll make you go in your room where you can watch video games, talk on your phone, play... You know, I've, I've tried this game with my wife lots of times. I've asked her to send me to my room. That's where I want to be. And kids are the same way. You know, if you don't want, listen, you get in there and clean up your room or you're not getting any dessert tonight. Yeah, we'll see. What eventually happens with a kid that says no and won't oblige and do what he's told? Will there sooner or later have to be some force involved? Will you finally have to grab them by the hand and bend them over your knee? Oh, don't spank them. Well, wait a minute. Are you just going to have a rebellious kid running the house telling you no, that he's not going to do what he wants? Do you think that you might eventually have to involve power? What happens if you have a problem in your home? 
Somebody breaks into your house. What do you do? If there's anybody in my house that broke in, please leave. And they don't leave. Now, you can try praying, and that, that's okay. Go ahead, pray. Or you can dial 911. But sooner or later, there's going to have to be some power behind what you say. Otherwise, people are going to do this to you. They're not going to pay attention. We live in a generation that needs power. Now, I'm not being political here today, but I'm going to say it. We need to be strong physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Bullies don't pick on people that are strong. They pick on the weak. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In the power of his might. So they took their animal. We're talking about a show of power now, which is about to happen in this story that I'm telling you today. And they chose their bullock and they made their sacrifice and, they, and nothing happened. It came to pass at noon, this is verse 27, that Elijah mocked them. Nothing happened from the morning sacrifice until noon. Cry aloud, he said. You're not, maybe you're talking too soft. He's a God, either he's talking or he's pursuing or he's on a journey or peradventure he sleeps and he must be awakened. So they cried even louder. They pumped up the, the volume. And then notice this. They cut themselves after the manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. This is what the enemy wants to do to people. Destroy them. Have you ever heard of any people cutting themselves? Destroying their own flesh. Letting their own blood so desperate for something supernatural to happen. But it came to pass when that noonday was past that they prophesied until the offering of the evening sacrifice that there was no voice. Baal said nothing. There was no answer. And there was nobody that regarded. The world is looking for a demonstration of power. And whoever shows the most power becomes the God. But here, their God failed. Their God said nothing. Their God did nothing. And no matter how great their sacrifice, even in cutting themselves, he regarded nothing because he is not a God. He is not a God. But if you go to verse 36, after Elijah calls the people together, he says, okay, now I'm going to reinforce this altar. We're going to put the bull on, we're going to cut the bull up, and we're cut the bull, not the people. Cut the bull, not the people. Don't cut yourself. You're not the sacrifice. Jesus was the sacrifice. 
We are insulting God if we think that we can sacrifice ourselves into the kingdom of God. We're ignoring his sacrifice. Just a little extra. And it came to pass, verse 36, at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, now watch this prayer, how long and demonstrative it is. He has water all over the altar. The ditch is full. And here's all that he says. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and let them know that I'm your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and thou hast turned their heart back again. That's it. Then the fire of the Lord fell. It consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. This proves, Sister Kylie, once and for all, I've told you this, if you get something hot enough, it will burn. We kid about this all the time. She thinks I'm a pyro because stuff that has no value, I like to just burn it and get rid of it if it has no value. But look at this. This fire, I want you to know how intense this fire is. It consumes the sacrifice. It consumes the wood. It consumes the stones. Ever see any stones get burned up? These stones got burned up. It licks up the water. It even consumes the dust, which is the remains of everything that has been burned. That's how intense this fire is. And when the people saw it, they fell on their faces. And they said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord is. He is the God. People are waiting for a demonstration from the church about the one true God, and they need to see the power. They need to see the power. Now, God can demonstrate his power in lots of ways. You would be impressed with fire that would shoot down right now and, and consume a portion of something that we designated it for. You, you would be impressed if there was a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, or if God opened up a river. But I want you to know that the greatest example and demonstration of power is what God can do with a life that is consumed by him. That is the greatest demonstration of the fire of God. You see, the Bible tells us that our God is a consuming fire in Hebrews 12 and 29. Our God is a consuming fire. And fire does three things in our lives. First of all, fire draws us. We are attracted to fire by nature. We are. People will come to a good fire. 
I remember hearing about the preacher. He had a neighborhood church and a lot of the neighbors didn't go to his church, but one day the church was on fire. And here's all these neighbors standing around, watch the firemen put the fire out, and the preacher is upset. And he goes to one neighbor and he says, look, all these years this church has been in your neighborhood and you've never come, why do you come tonight? He said, well, I never saw the church on fire before. We need to have a church that is on fire. When we worship, we worship with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. When we pray, we pray from our hearts, not just from our minds. We care about people. This is serious business, folks. Serious business. And they need to see a church that's on fire. I remember one time we had a Bible study on 7th and Scott, and we were teaching on Revelation. And all of a sudden, I looked out the window, and the neighborhood was orange. Somebody had started the school on fire and burned it down that night. And I thanked God for a visual illustration of hell because it was a revelation lesson. People will come to a good fire. They need to see a church that's on fire. People warm themselves at a fire. Oh, I'll tell you what, nothing like sitting in your home or in your cottage or wherever your quiet place is and having a nice fire in your fireplace, not in your house, but in your fireplace, a a contained area that, isn't it beautiful to see a nice fire and to feel the warmth of a fire on a cold day? See how I'm changing the, uh, the weather here for you today? A fireplace is a good thing. Exodus chapter three. Moses was called from a fire demonstration Did you know that? Exodus 3 and 2, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in the flame of a fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, now here, let me explain this to you so that you understand the significance. When you live in a desert area where there are few bushes and there are what we would call tumbleweeds, weeds that wrap themselves up together and they roll with the wind. Those are called tumbleweeds. It is not uncommon in a desert to have small tumbleweed fires or small bush fires from the great heat and something ignites it and this bush consumes itself. It's not like a forest where it catches to another tree and you got fire everywhere. It's just that one particular area, and that's just a small tumbleweed or a small bushfire. And that is common for the area that Moses is in. But on this particular occasion, this bush that is on fire is not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and I will see this great sight why the bush is not consumed. Here's the point. 
he saw something that he recognized as supernatural and he turned from his course. He was going this way, but out of the corner of his eye, he saw a bush that was not consumed. Now he could have continued and said, I got a real busy day and I got stuff going on and, and that stuff is more important than this stuff and kept going. But he turned aside. Every one of us, if we're ever going to have fire in our lives, are going to have to turn aside from the direction that we're going when God gives us the opportunity to see and experience the supernatural. We call that repentance. I'm going this way, but now I realize it's the wrong way. And here, somebody has come to me like Brother Larson talked about today and given me an opportunity to see something I've never seen before and experience something I've never experienced before. This must be of God. And he turned aside. And when the Lord, the next verse says, saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. See, God was watching what Moses would do when he tried to give him a demonstration of fire. And when he saw him turn, that's when God spoke. If he'd have kept walking the way he was going and ignored what he saw, he would have never heard what God had to say. God is watching you at all times, looking for a response to what he's trying to do supernaturally in your life. Because our God is a consuming fire. A consuming fire. Will we turn aside from our busyness and the way that we have always lived our lives to take notice of what God is doing supernaturally so that God can then speak to us and call us to our purpose. This is where Moses got his calling. Right here in Exodus chapter three. He said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. He said, draw not hither, put off your shoes from off your feet. The place wherein thou standest is holy ground. Holy ground, I've walked this ground for 40 years. Why is it holy now? because I'm speaking to you, because I'm calling you, because I'm giving your life purpose, purpose. Fire draws us. Another thing that fire does is fire purifies us. Fire purifies us. In Genesis, God used fire to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He literally burned two cities to the ground because of the sin that was in those cities. In Malachi, God spoke of a refiner's fire. Malachi chapter three and verse two says, who will abide the day of his coming? Who will stand when he appears? For our God is like a refiner's fire and he's like fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver and shall purify the sons of Levi and will purge them as gold and silver 
that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. God is a refiner of our lives. Um, I don't know if you ever had, have had uh, eaten soap for supper. I have. You ever say something you shouldn't have said? What'd you say? Oh, I don't remember. I do. I know what you said. Now you get yourself over here to the sink. Demonstration of power. (laughs) Open your mouth and in goes the bar of soap. Wash your mouth out with soap. Now I've never tasted fuller soap. I don't know, that's probably some pretty harsh stuff. I have tasted Irish spring. It's better on your body than in your body. But it was a refining. I don't know, maybe I'm talking about raising kids here a little bit too much today, but God wants to refine our lives. No matter what age you are, he's out to refine you. Brother Larson, I'm going to steal his story. He told a really good story today. He said there was a new convert, and the new convert was, you know, he's only a couple weeks old in the Lord. He'd received the Holy Ghost, and, and he came to the pastor's office because something bad had happened. And the pastor said, well, what happened? He said, oh, pastor, he said, I... I feel terrible. He said, I was, I was working at work and I, I hit my thumb with my hammer and I swore. And I felt so bad about it and I feel like I, I, I let God down. I can't even be a Christian. I feel bad about even coming to church because I swore when I hit my thumb with that hammer. He said, well, so he said, would that have bothered you two years ago? Well, how long would you thought about the fact that you swore if this had happened two years ago? He said, well, I wouldn't have thought about it at all. I did it all the time. So now it bothers you. Yeah, it bothers you. That's the way it's supposed to be. Repent and move on. Or like one man said that was painting a house that was too thin, he said, repaint and thin no more. It's a good thing when you feel bad about doing the wrong thing, folks. That's what the Holy Ghost is supposed to do. That's because there's a fire inside of you, and when something impure has come into your life, God's trying to burn it out. And you ought to say, thank God for conviction. Thank God for convicting me about doing something that I wasn't convicted about before. But the fire refines us. It refines us. And that is a good thing. The fire also judges us. 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 13 speaks about the judgment that the church will go through. 11 says, other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. 
So everything that is gold, silver, stone, wood, hay, stubble will be consumed because our God is a consuming fire. And even when we stand before him as the church, there will be one final refining that takes place in our life and all of the chaff will be burnt away and we will suffer a loss, but if you read the rest, yet he himself shall be saved. So fire purifies us because our God is a consuming fire. So based upon what I've told you so far, from Genesis to Malachi, God has used fire to refine us. Now let's just take a brief moment to look at a couple of things in the New Testament because fire also empowers us. Fire empowers us. Consider this. Our cars use the energy of fire. Our electricity uses the power of fire. Our military weapons and our guns all require fire. It is the source of all power and yet can end all things. The world that you look at today the building you are in right now will one day be destroyed by fire. Everything you see will no longer exist when God executes his judgment on this world with fire. But before he does that, he seeks to put his fire in us and empower us. Matthew 3 and 11 said, I indeed, this is what John the Baptist said of Jesus, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Why? Because he's going to do a purifying work. Acts 2 and 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and sat upon each of them. The fire began its purifying work as they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And even if you don't see the fire on somebody when they receive the Holy Ghost, watch what happens to their life immediately after they receive the Holy Ghost. I am so disturbed by people that try to take away this most precious gift, the most precious gift that God could ever give anyone, of coming and living inside of them and daring to say, that tongues are of the devil. I had one man one time, I said, sir, I can't believe you said that and I'm really concerned that you would say such a thing. Would you mean to tell me that a person would come to an altar and ask God to forgive them, 
make vows that they want to change their life, invite him into their lives, and God would say, no, I'm going to give you a devil instead. How dare you say such a thing? There is one sin that is unpardonable, and it is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And that is because the most precious thing that God can give you is to come and live inside of your life and be a consuming fire to burn out the chaff and to bring the newness of life to you. He can't give you anything greater than that. And Brother Larson brought it up so well today. Did you ever see a person receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Maybe you didn't see the fire, but you can see their face. Look at their face. Is it all twisted and gnarled and sad? Or do you see a glow? Do you see a glow from the fire that is now inside of them? It's in them and it's coming out of them. That's what God wants to do with our lives. We are born in the fire so that we can be saved from the fire. Jude 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some, have compassion making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Thank God for his fire, his fire in our lives. Do you know that in the tabernacle, there were three types of fire. Remember where the brazen altar was, where, where the animal was sacrificed? And when the priest completed his trek, the fire would come from heaven and it would consume the sacrifice. That was the fire of destruction. Destroyed the sacrifice. Do you remember going into the holy place? And there you saw three things, a, a table of showbread, an altar of incense, and a golden candlestick. Two kinds of fire. The golden candlestick, that, that's fire. The fire of instruction. The word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It shows us the way to go. It's a fire of instruction. And how about the, the uh, altar of incense? The praise and the prayers that go up from the fire that burns through it and brings a sweet-smelling savor to God. Fire prevails just as it did from Genesis to Malachi. It goes from Matthew to Revelation. Throughout the entire book, our God has been a consuming fire. And God wants to consume your life today. I remember first coming to know the Lord. 
Same way probably you did. Somebody invited me. Maybe I was curious. Maybe I was in trouble. Maybe I just thought there might be more to God than what I'd experienced. But I came. And boy, I got more than I bargained for. How about you? I thought I was just going to go to church and punch in for an hour. No, I discovered a brand new lifestyle. And at first, I have to admit, I was very uncomfortable because I knew what was going on in my life. Remember how I talked to you last week and told you that we need to take off our masks? Let me pull my mask down just for a minute. This is a guy that had a really bad temper and a really foul mouth. And Paul said it this way, the things I once love I now hate and the things I once hated I now love. I hated going to church. I was just trying to put my time in. But you know what? I can't stand what really bothers me. I can't stand loud people with foul mouths and angry people that are constantly beating up on other people. It really, really bothers me. And sometimes something rises up in me and it ain't the Holy Ghost. But I hate it now. I'm embarrassed by it. It's a bunch of pride and anger. But when God filled me with the Holy Ghost, it was just like fire came from heaven and consumed that part of my life. I never, never have had a problem with swearing and and getting angry and wanting to beat people up. That's just gone from me. And I don't don't want it back. I stay away from it. But that's what the fire can do in your life. I don't know if you're, I don't know what your problems are, what, what vices and things you think have controlled your life and will always control your life. But I want you to know that there is a God that can consume with fire and burn that right out of your life and take it away from you. You will never be able to defeat it by yourself, but there is a God who answers by fire. I'm not saying everything that day happened and I was perfect from that day forward. No, there's things we've been working on. There's things we're still working on. But anything that is insurmountable, that you could never overcome yourself, our God can consume that in a moment and take it away from you. And you will be just like me. The things you once loved, you will hate them. You were an alcoholic. When God consumes you, you'll hate the bars. The smell of alcohol will make you sick. You won't want anything to do with it. What happened? You were consumed. That was burnt out of your life. Don't ever go back there again. Stay away from it. Draw close to God. Get close to the fire of the altar. Stay where you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
frequent the altar and repent as many times as you need to repent and ask God to burn things out of you that you know are wrong in your life and you will find out that he is a God who answers by fire. Praise God. So I don't know what you need burned out of your life today, but I'm going to ask you to stand with me because our God is going to give you a power demonstration today. I want to leave you with one last thought. I discovered this recently that firefighters now have what's called PASS, P-A-S-S. It stands for Personal Alert Safety Systems. It is attached to their garment. It is literally a GPS for firefighters so that they can be detected as to the exactness of their position. So if a firefighter would get hit in the head and become unconscious and is knocked to the ground and unable to get out of the fire, pass will let the rest of the firefighters know this is where he is Go get him. And do you know how they know? They know by movement. If that firefighter is not moving, they know he's either dead or unconscious. And they come and help him. And they rescue even the firefighters. Acts 17 and 28 says... For in him we live, we move, and we have our being. Are we living? Are we moving? Are we being the firefighters that God has called us to be? Because if we're not consumed with the fire of the Holy Ghost, if we're left behind from the rapture, there's another kind of fire coming. And when we stand before God, will we have be able to say, I'm so glad I was able to help rescue this one from the fire. Jesus Make us all firefighters, rescuing people that are lost, who have no hope, who want to see a demonstration, who have believed in things that can't help them, just as it was with Elijah, who cut themselves and wait for answers that will never come. Help us, Lord, to be able to share with them that you are the God who answers by fire. And let all the people come to the same conclusion as they came to in Elijah's, Elijah's day. The Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. Because you are the God who answers with power and with fire. And let this altar today be a place of invitation where people can offer up the sacrifices that need to be consumed in their life by fire. 
and we'll give you all the thanks and praise. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.